What's up, everybody? I'm blessed to have you listening today, and I pray that this message will be a blessing to you. Christmas season is in full swing with lights, presents under the tree, lots of Christmas movies to watch, hot chocolate, and of course, the music. It's so easy to get so busy that you let the season pass right by and never get a chance to enjoy it. Take the time to just stop and enjoy the Christmas season. Spend time with family and friends and let yourself get lost in the wonder of it all and in the joy that it brings. We are blessed and highly favored among all creation. Christmas reminds us that we serve a mighty God who is willing uh, to have his son who was willing to have his son step down from his throne in heaven and come to our rescue. No other religion or faith can make that claim because there is only one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Alpha and Omega, Yahweh. There is only one way to the Father in heaven, and that is through his Son and our Savior, Jesus, and the finished work on the cross. Only the blood of Jesus washes away the sins of the world, and Christmas is a time for us to be reminded that God gave us the greatest gift of all time, a Savior, a Redeemer, a Shield, an Intercessor. Today I want to take a look at a king who is unlike all the others. During the time of the kings of Israel and Judah, there was not many that sought to serve God and follow his ways. We know that David was said to be a man after God's own heart. He is regarded as the greatest king of Israel. But there is another king, a king unlike the others, one who sought to do right in the eyes of the Lord. The vast majority of the kings of Israel and Judah and Judah were wicked and did evil in the sight of the Lord, but not Josiah. 2 Kings 22 verse 2 says, He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. When you look at the life of Josiah, you realize he was dealt a bad hand. You know, let me explain. Out of the 20 kings of Judah, only five were considered righteous before God. Only five sought to follow God and the commands he gave to Moses. King Hezekiah was one of the five good ones. If you are aware, he was the king who was going to die, but you know, he prayed and asked God to remember how he served him faithfully and God healed him and extended his life by 15 years. But then King Hezekiah eventually dies and his son Manasseh becomes king. I don't know how he was raised, but he clearly did not follow in his father's footsteps. Manasseh is probably one of the one of, if not the worst king of them all. Um, if he's not the worst, he's definitely one of the worst. He reigned for 55 years, and the Bible says that he does that he does worse evil in the sight of the Lord than those whom God destroyed and removed from the land before the Israelites got there. So all the people and the nations that God allowed to be driven out so that his people could possess the land were not as bad as this guy. Those nations did not follow God, and they worshipped multiple false gods. But this guy, he was worse. He rebuilds all the idols of worship and altars to false gods and, and all that mess that his father, King Hezekiah, had torn down. Second Kings 21 
um, says has has much to say. You know, it has much to say about how awful this guy is. Not only in his wickedness, um, not only is his wickedness worse than all the other nations driven out before them, but his wickedness reaches a level that causes God's fierce anger to burn against the nation. Because of him, God pronounces a devastating judgment on the nation and its people. When Manasseh when Manasseh dies, his son Ammon, if I said that correctly, takes over and only reigns for two years before his own officials conspire against him and have him assassinated. But during that two-year reign, the Bible says that he too did evil in the eyes of the Lord and that he followed the ways of his father completely. The people of the land had all those who conspired against King Ammon put to death and they then made his son, Josiah, the next king. So I just say all of that to kind of give you the backstory of what leads up to Josiah being the king. So he has two terrible examples to to follow right now. So Josiah was only eight years old when he became king. And like I said earlier, he was dealt a bad hand, meaning he was given a nation that was a complete wreck and under a coming judgment that would destroy the nation as they know it. In 2 Kings 2.22, it, it says that, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and completely followed the ways of his father David, not turning to the right or to the left. You know, side note, Josiah is the 13th successor uh, to the throne since David. So when it says his father David, it is referring to David as his forefather. But Josiah didn't model his reign after his father or grandfather. He went all the way back to the man himself and modeled his reign after uh, Israel's greatest king, King David. The interesting thing to pay attention to here is not only was he eight years old when he became king, but he chose not to follow in his dad or granddad's footsteps. Josiah chose a different path, unlike all the others before and after him. He chose to follow God and live according to his commands. On Josiah's 18th year as king, a a book of the law many believe uh, was the book we know as Deuteronomy, was discovered and you know had been hidden for many years. When Josiah is read the words of this book, he realizes that they are in trouble and he tears his clothes in anger. The last part of Second Kings twenty two thirteen says, Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us, because those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. King Josiah sends some people to inquire of the Lord about the words he read in the book. So they got to, so they go to the, he sends like five of them to go to this prophet. And I believe it's pronounced Hulda or Hulda. But anyway, they send these five to the prophet Hulda to inquire of the Lord there were, you know, and this is kind of cool. There were not many females that were called prophets in the Old Testament, but Huldah is one of them. And I just, I thought that was really cool to know that they go to see a prophet and it's a, it's a female prophet. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of mention of female prophets. There's only like a handful or so that are ever mentioned. So pretty cool. But anyway, moving on, she tells them that the Lord says, 
he will bring great disaster on the nation, just as it was written in the book of the law. But because of Josiah's heart for God, because Josiah tore his clothes in the sight of God when he heard the words of the book, because he showed remorse and was repentant and truly wanted to follow God and lead the people back to him, God said he would keep Josiah's eyes from seeing the destruction that was coming. He would allow Josiah to die and be buried with his ancestors before bringing destruction on the nation. God showed Josiah mercy in spite of his anger toward the sins of his people. Josiah did his best to destroy all the idols, altars, symbols, etc. Anything that was not built according to God's word was destroyed. Josiah renewed the covenant with God in the sight of the people. God honored that and spared Josiah from witnessing the destruction and devastation that was to come. When Josiah dies, the kings that succeed him do not, I mean, they do the exact opposite of what Josiah did. Like they didn't learn anything. They too did evil in the sight of the Lord and God did what was written and he brought destruction on the people and the nation. You know, it's like you read on about each of the kings that followed Josiah and even some of the ones before him. And it's just, it's all the same thing. It's a, it always has their name and introduction. And it says, you know, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And I'm like, man, these people, they never, see, they never seem to learn or get it. And despite knowing, you know, the destruction is coming and judgment is coming because of their wickedness, they continue to do evil on the side of the Lord. So here's Josiah, pretty much everyone before him with a few exceptions and after him were terrible and did evil in the eyes of the Lord. But Josiah chose a different path. He didn't let those who came before him dictate what kind of king he would be. He chose to follow God and obey his commands. He chose to be unlike the others. This shows us that you can choose a different path. If those around you and those who came before you did not live a life devoted to God and didn't set the best example, that doesn't mean you have to follow in their footsteps. You can choose a different path. If those around you at work do not live a life that honors God, that doesn't mean you have to follow suit. You can choose a different path. Despite the terrible example set for Josiah, he chose to do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He chose to be unlike all the others. Josiah didn't worry about what his successors would do, and there was nothing he could do about the judgment that was coming due to the wickedness of those who came before him. What Josiah could do, however, was live a life that honored God. He made a difference with the time he had. No matter what anyone else did, he was going to set things straight, and at least during his reign, the nation would serve God. Josiah shows us that no matter the circumstances, examples, or influences that you are surrounded by, you can choose to put God first. You can choose to be different. You can choose to live for God and do the most with what he gives you. Sometimes we tell ourselves that, what difference would it make? There's no point in me doing this or that. But you know what? It didn't stop Josiah. He knew judgment was coming on the people, no matter what he did. But he still chose to serve God and lead the nation toward God. And God showed him mercy. 
You may feel like something is pointless, but remember, God sees the heart. You never know who could be impacted by what you do. Also, maybe God just wants to see if you will be obedient, regardless of what everyone else does. Maybe he just wants to see where your heart is and whether or not you will listen and trust in his direction for your life. You might feel like you have been dealt a bad hand at work and there is nothing you can do to stop what is coming. You may feel that way regarding the direction of this country or the world for that matter. But, you know, we can't sit on our hands and do nothing because we feel like what difference is it going to make? So long as we have breath in our lungs, let us live a life that honors God and speaks of his great love and the redeeming power of the blood of Jesus. Regardless of what comes, let's be like Josiah. Let's do what is right in the eyes of the Lord. Let's destroy the altars in our lives. Let's destroy the enemy's strongholds, not just in our life, but in the lives of those around us. Let's make a kingdom difference with the time that we have been given. Thank you, God, for your mercy. We don't deserve it, but I'm grateful for it. You are so gracious. If your people seek you and turn their hearts toward you, you will pour out your mercy and grace on their lives. I know it. You give us so many chances, God, and your faithfulness and your forgiveness is unlimited. We deserve hell, but your love stepped in and redeemed us through the blood of Jesus. God, I pray that your people would choose to put you first in all that they do and would use the resources and opportunities afforded to them to make a kingdom difference. God, bring revival in your people and start a fire that cannot be put out. Let there be a great awakening, a harvest of souls for the kingdom. May we continue to seek your guidance and may you continue to direct our steps and we will be faithful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Amen.